Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Debbie. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this plain, beautiful day. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors here. It is good to see you. And if you're joining us online, welcome wherever you may be as well. We appreciate you being here.
Uh, just a few announcements before we all begin singing this morning. So the Lunch Bunch crew that usually meets on the last Sunday of the month, it's not meeting today. It's going to meet next week, July 2nd, at Deja Brew uh, Bistro at 1230. If you'd like to get to know a few folk here at the church, this is a wonderful opportunity. Someone asked, why don't we have a coffee hour? Well, we kind of do. It's before this service. So if you want to uh, just sneak on by and, and meet some folk as well, we do have a coffee hour um, right after this first service in between, in between these. They had Girl Scout cookies today. I don't know where they got them. I might have found a couple of them. They're, they're good. Uh, but yeah, join us, join us uh, between the uh, uh, services as well. If you want to get your exercise on, we got a couple opportunities for you. We have a walking group at 9 o'clock. On Wednesdays, we go about two miles. Uh, bring your tennies and join us in the Family Life Center, which is just right over here. Now, if you'd like to stay in the same place, we also have an exercise group that meets in the Family Life Center on Mondays and on Thursdays. There's a class at 9.30 and a class at 10.30. So there's four opportunities, Mondays, Thursdays, 9.30, 10.30. It's kind of for our older folk. I'll let you define that. I don't want to get in trouble. So uh, you get to figure that one out. Uh, but let's, let's take a moment and greet, greet those around us. I know we're all kind of in different little parts of the, of the sanctuary today. But, you know, let's go meet in the middle. Go mingle for a few minutes and then we'll uh, sing our songs together. Good morning.
make the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing The Lord has promised good to me, His words my hope secures, He will my shield and portion shall soon dissolve like snow, the sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be be seated. Unless you're a little kiddo. If you're a kiddo like fifth grade and down, this is your time in worship. So come on down. See one. I got my couple more in the back. I know we got some watching online because they said they'd be watching today. You got some Gatorade? All right. That sounds good. Good morning. Come on down. It's a long way down. Ooh. Good to see you guys. Have a seat. Have a seat. Have a seat. 
yesterday, and I, is this still going on today? Is Dairy Days still going on? Or is it done? It's done. Dairy days. We had dairy days this, this last week. A few days anyway. And I've never seen dairy days before. You went there the other day? Did you see some dairy stuff? I know you saw some dairy stuff. You saw the parade. I saw the, I saw the parade. I've never been to a dairy's day. So I just assumed it was like a little, a little homage to dairy and then just fun stuff. But you all go out. You go all in on dairy. I think um, I'm going to see if they got a pick. Yeah. Dairy, cows everywhere, milk, and people were passing out cheese at the parade last night. I got a little red sitting in the, in the sun. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. But dairy, they lived up to its name. What's in a name? Do you ever? Yeah. Dairy. Dairy, dairy, milk. Cheese, it goes by a lot of different kind of names, doesn't it? Yeah. Let me talk about names for a second. Because when I was about your age, some people called me Mike. Some people called me Michael. Some people called me Billy. My first name is William. Yeah, I was the fourth William in a row, and I got too confusing at family gatherings, so we had to go with a middle name. So I've been Mike ever since. I am almost 50 years old, I have two master's degree, I have children of my own, a wonderful family, and I go back to my hometown and they call me Mikey. I can't get away from it, you know, when someone has a, how did, how did one lady say, I, I, I changed your diapers, you'll always be Mikey, it doesn't matter, like, alright, that's the way it is. Yeah, did you know that Jesus went by a bunch of different names as well? We, we, we talk a lot about Jesus here in church because he is, he's our, he's our savior, but we call him, we call him a savior. His name actually means he saves. That's what Jesus means. It's the Greek name of, of Joshua, which was the Hebrew name. So a lot of his friends probably called him Joshua when he was young. Jesus, when he was uh, in the uh, teaching as a rabbi and uh, some people called him a wonderful counselor Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, by a lot of different names. Emmanuel, God with us. When I was your age, I just thought he was a nice guy. He was, he was, Jesus is my friend. And that's true. Then I got a little older and I learned some of the stuff that he taught and then I thought he was a wonderful teacher. And that's true. And then later on, I learned a little bit more about him being a savior and how he, how he died for us. So whatever you call Jesus, it might be different names, but I hope, hopefully he'll, we'll grow into, into knowing what he, what he did for us. And you are blessed people. Yeah. Can you pray with me today? Let's pray. God above, we ask your blessings upon these little ones that as they grow in godliness and in your favor, that they might know you by your many different names, that they might know you as friend that they might know you as counselor, prince of peace, and savior of the world. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down. And I think Jen, Pastor Jen over here is going to be teaching Sunday school for you today. Cassie Collins is on our is on mission trip right now uh, with all the kids, uh, the older kids. So thank you, Pastor Jen, for doing this. And when they go, I want to tell you one more story that I probably shouldn't tell. My wife and I, we have a thing that uh, sometimes I say in a sermon, I probably shouldn't say this, and she wants everyone to yell out, then don't. <laughs> but she's not here, so I, I can get away with this. Uh, did you know that your pastor once got kicked out of a Baptist Sunday school? It's five years old. Uh, we, we were living in Texas, and the, the Baptist church was owned right down the street, and it's not just, I'm not picking on Baptists, I, I would have kicked, kicked me out too. Uh, uh, but we had to write a little thing that says, God loves your name. So we all, we all wrote, God loves your name. Uh, and I just discovered that my name was Michael. And I always did Mike, but I just found out Michael. And Michael is spelled weird. There's an A-E-L kind of thing, a little Gaelic thing going on in there. And I saw, so I tried to spell Michael. God loves Michael. I thought I should probably say my last name. But I didn't know how to spell my last name. And so I just put a B. And if, if you just do an initial, what do you sometimes put after the initial? 
a period or a dot, right? I didn't know which side the period went on. So I put it on the wrong side. And it wasn't just a dot, but it was a circle that looked a whole lot like an O. So I wrote, God loves Michael, spelled wrong, with an O and a B. And what it really said was, God loves Michelob. <laughs> I'm not making this up. The pastor came to our house. And that was the last time we went to the Baptist church. We went to the Methodist down the street. Uh, What's in a name? You just never know. I don't know how to go to a pastoral prayer after that, but uh, I'm going to try. Let's, let's be a people of prayer. Lord Jesus, no matter what our names are, you reach out to us in our distress and you, you lift us up. You give us new life and we are grateful. For some of us, this has been a wonderful week. But for others, trials and troubles seem to crowd into their lives. So we ask your loving presence with all your people, O oh Lord. Heal our wounded spirits. Restore in us a, a sense of joy in our lives. This past week, we saw... We saw a tragedy of a submersible and lives lost. We, we wonder about this new development in the war in Ukraine as forces may or may not be moving to Moscow. Keep our, keep our mission trip kids and leaders safe on their way to Colorado this morning. Give them a week of faith building and of service work. And whatever we brought into this place, whatever, whatever fears or whatever worries we have in our hearts, help us to lay them at the foot of the cross. Lay them at the altar. For we know that you heal all wounds. That you could transform lives. That you could help mend relationships. And as we lay our problems at, at the foot of the cross... Remind us that when we leave here this morning to forget to pick them back up. For Lord, too often we, 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 bless, we, we, we have this hour of praise and worship. And then we walk back out and we, we carry those problems once again. So Lord, in this time of prayer, this time of worship, we give them to you. All our trials all our trophies. So when we walk out of here, we could be, be, be fresh, be anew for your service in this world. It's in your son's name that we have this prayer. As we share together in the words that he shared with his disciples, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is kind of a fast one, isn't it? Nope. Is it a slow one? Medium? Grace to grace? I'm trying to remember how it goes. I think I'll remember it when you start playing. I think so. If you're willing and able, let's stand as we sing together our next song, Grace to Grace. Of love. 
Oh 
us. Jamie, thank you for reading our scripture today. From Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Thank you, Jamie. So help me finish this line. Oh, Romeo, oh, Romeo. Good job. Better than the first service, I think. Wherefore? What? Old word. Old Englishly type of word. Uh, oh, Romeo, Romeo, Romeo. Wherefore art thou Romeo? Does not mean where, as I used to think. Where are you? I'm up, I'm up on the balcony, Romeo. Where are you? No, it means why. Why are you Romeo? When Juliet is pining away on her balcony, she is not wondering where he is, but why he had to be Romeo. If it was written today, it would read something like, Romeo, Romeo, why did you have to be Romeo? Den Deny thy father, refuse thy name. Or if thou wilt not, but be sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. See, his name is the problem. He's a Montague. The sworn enemy of the Capulets. What's in a name? Apparently a lot. This morning I want to take a look at the name of Jesus. All hail the power of Jesus' name. It was the first song we sang today. Sometimes Jesus is uttered in anger and cursing by some. And for others it is a devout Named used in worship. Google says Jesus is searched over uh, by about 16 million times a month. And 2 billion inhabitants of this earth identify themselves as followers of Jesus. So the sermon has a little bit of a Bible lesson somewhere in there. And then uh, I want to just, just touch on the history of, uh, uh, of that hymn that we sang, uh, All Hail the Power, and why, why we should care today. Bless you. So we got to go to the beginning of the Gospels. And the first Gospel that we have in the Bible is Matthew. Thank you. Matthew chapter 1, the Christmas story. And uh, it seems weird to be in June talking about the Christmas story. Uh, we are halfway to Christmas, by the way. I know. The days are now getting shorter uh, from here on out as we march our way down to Christmas. She will give birth to a son. And you will give him the name Jesus, because he will save their people from their sins. Like I told the kids, the name Jesus is the Greek name for the Hebrew name Joshua. Jesus, Joshua, same name. Okay? Uh, it means Lord is salvation. Chances are that Jesus went by Joshua his whole life, at least by his Hebrew-speaking family and friends. But when they wrote the Bible, they put it into Greek, and so they switched it to the name of Jesus. So if you were, hey, if you were at the cross, uh, and Jesus, he might not look at you. Joshua, he might look. But what could be more fitting uh, name for our Savior other than Jesus? He will save their people from their sins. So we got Matthew. What's the next one? Matthew. Mark, 
Mark chapter 9 says this in one of the stories. But Jesus said, forbid him not, for there is no man who shall do a mighty work in my name and be able to quickly speak evil of me. There is such power in Jesus' name that it can enable those to invoke his name in faith to accomplish even miracles. Those first generation of Christians who got the Spirit in Jesus' name, they could uh, do such mighty acts. They will drive out demons, speak in new tongues. Uh, Mark also says this. uh, They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well in Jesus' name. Now, there's some churches out there that, uh, that still do the whole snake thing. We are not that church. <laughs> Please, B- BYOS, bring your own snake. No, keep your snakes at home. Uh, we believe in the power of faith, but we're not going to test it like that. Okay? So if you jump over to John, you catch these lines. Chapter 16, Jesus is speaking. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. But I tell you the truth, truly I tell you, whatever you ask in the Father, ask the Father in my name, he will give you. I love this one when I was, when I was a kid, because if you ask in Jesus' name, you can get anything. And I had a laundry list of prayers. I needed a bike. We needed an, a Nintendo, for those of us that grew up in the 80s. Atari was fine, but Nintendo was cooler. Uh, I needed, and it kind of went through, and then we got to junior high and high school. Hey, uh, I'm sitting in class. Dear Lord, my prayers were so shallow. Dear Lord, there's, there's Heather over there. I want Heather to look at me today. And, uh, uh, I'm changing her name just in case. But, uh, like, those were the prayers. I don't think I could actually ask those prayers today in Jesus' name. That's the trick. Okay? If you're curious. If you could do a prayer in Jesus' name, you're going to be okay. Without feeling weird about it. If you pray for patience, that's a prayer. If you pray for courage, that's a prayer. If you pray for, for, for comfort, that's a prayer. All these spiritual attributes, all these, all these uh, things that we go through, those are Those are prayers that I can say in Jesus' name without feeling weird. Lord, help me win the lottery today. I can't really do that in Jesus' name. Right? Feels a little slimy, feels a little weird. Lord, smite my enemies today. Jesus is not in the smiting business. Okay? What's the key? Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. God wants to know what your prayers are. Um, do you ever have, uh, do you have that kid at Christmas time? I'll pick on Christmas again. Christmas time, they give you the, uh, the three-page list, color-coded and all that. Yeah, I got one of those. Did you ever have a kid that just said, whatever? And then some of you might have grandkids, right? Who are like, I don't know what to get them. And you don't want to do gift cards. Maybe gift cards, but you want something special, but you don't. Uh, but they say whatever. And then you get them whatever. And then they're mad because you got them whatever. <laughs> I didn't want that. Well, you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me. God wants to know what your prayers are. Say it out loud. I love how James in the book of James, says it like this. You do not have because you do not ask God. Ask. Well, God knows what I want. You know what? I've been married 25 years. I have, still have no idea what my wife wants. I miss the mind-reading lesson somewhere along the line. Tell me, what do you want? Where do you want to go to dinner? I don't care. All right, how about Red Lobster? I don't want Red Lobster. All right. Uh, Where do you want to eat? I don't care. Okay, how about chilies? I don't want chilies. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. You do care because you're saying no to everything. Well, I just, I wanted to go to this. Like, fine, let's go. Uh, Verbalize. Number one, I I am amazed by the uh, wedding couples I get in my office that don't share 
They don't communicate. They just assume, well, if they love me, they would know. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. That's a recipe for disaster. Share. If you like something, share. If you don't like something, share. I had a a couple in my office. I'm way off script. I'm sorry. Uh, I had a couple in my office. um, This is back in Nebraska. Uh, He was a fifth generation Nebraska farmer. Same land. Five generations. Boom, 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 boom. She was in school to be a marine biologist. So I asked the the stupid question, how is this going to work? Because there is not a big call for marine biologists in the middle of the country. Like, oh, love will see us through. Like, good luck. Like, one of you's given up something. And, 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 and he's like, well, she'll, she'll, you know, we'll start having kids and she'll just come home. And she's like, no, he's, he's, he's moving to California and we're going to. And in my head, I'm like, you haven't talked about this. This is like a no, this is no brainer 101. Share. The Lord wants to hear our prayers. Share. Somebody asked me a while ago, is it okay, Pastor Mike, if we pray to Jesus? He, he is part of the Trinity, right? Father, Son, and help me out, Holy. Which one is it? Holy When I was growing up, it was Holy Ghost. And then they changed it to Spirit. They, we just kind of moved on to Spirit. I, I like both. Spirit sounds like helpful. Ghost sounds a little more mysterious. So depending on what I'm doing, I might go Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. But can you pray to Jesus? He's a little less scary than God the Father. Uh, Catholics go another, another step and like, we're going we're gonna to pray to Mary, the mother of Jesus, so Mary can tell Jesus what we want. And then Jesus, you know. uh, while it's certainly not inappropriate to speak to Jesus, dear, dear baby, eight ounce, or eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus, let me tell you a prayer. Uh, you can pray to Jesus, but even Jesus told us, pray to the Father in my name. So yeah, feel free and pray to Jesus, but he asked us to pray to, to God the Father in his name. Just a few more lines I want to share. How did the Gospel of John end? John's the last gospel written. Uh, it comes at the end, but it's actually the, the, the last one also. Uh, the last couple of verses share this. John writes, But it is written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You want life? Get Jesus in your heart. You want life? Abundant life? Eternal life? A life worth living? Get Jesus in your heart. Right after John, we get the book of Acts, and this is what it says. Call on the name of the Lord and be saved. The biblical opposite of saved is lost. Lost in sin, lost in guilt, lost in judgment, but also lost in life, in purpose, moral compass. But if I remember my Bible right, Jesus came to save the lost. In our Bible passage this morning, just the name of Jesus was enough to heal the centurion's servant. Jesus didn't even have to show up. Just say your name. And Jesus was so amazed by this faith. So he's in Capernaum, a Greek city. He's got all his disciples there and other people of the Jewish faith there. And the centurion, this Roman who's living in a Greek city, (laughs) comes in and says, just say your name and my servant will be healed. Jesus is blown away. How much faith does this one person have? And we get into the whole, uh, Jesus goes into, uh, people will come from the east and the west, uh, outside of Judaism. People will come from east and the west and they will call on my name, but the people, even my disciples who I'm talking to, they don't have this much faith and they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what's in a name? Why should we care about the name of Jesus? A rose by any other name is just as sweet. 
Let me tell you the truth. There, are pow- there is power in names. There's power in names. We take great pains and care in what we name our children. Nowadays, I have more discussions with wedding couples like, how do you want me to pronounce you at the end of the wedding? Are you taking his last name? Are you doing the hyphenated thing? Are you, uh, things, things are a little different. We put intentionality into the names. We had, a, we had an outside cat for about a year. Black cat roamed the neighborhood. If I, this is a, in the last house we lived. If I, there's a lot of black cats roaming the neighborhood. I don't know who had the babies, but they were. If I had to write a book, it would be the black cats of Satara Circle. That's that would that have been my book. They were just everywhere. Uh, but we had one that would visit us, and we started to feed it, which was a mistake. Started to feed it, and, but I had to tell the kids, outside cat. We have a cat inside named Ariel. And two guinea pigs. We don't need another cat. So we even called it, this is, call it outside cat. Outside cat. Worked for about a year. And then my daughter gave the outside cat a new name, Izzy. Izzy. Uh, In another language, it means uh, black. Black cat, Izzy. Then everyone in my family started to call her Izzy. And guess what? She is no longer an outside cat. She's an indoor cat. There is power in the name because once you name it, you, it's yours. There's power in the name of Jesus. Now, maybe I'm a bad pastor, but I don't, I don't, I don't try to heal people in Jesus' name. Like, I don't think I have that miraculous power of healing or you know, some of those, some of those uh, disciple-y things. Uh, or maybe that's just not the gift that God gave to me. God's going to do what God's going to do. But we're in the middle of a short sermon series, or actually at the end of it, taking a look at some of the stories behind our famous hymns. And today's hymn that we sang at the beginning here has been called the National Anthem of Christianity. It's one of the most recognizable and uh, famous hymns we have. Translated into every Christian language. It's in 2,300 different uh, hymnals. Written in 1779 by an Englishman, Edward Perronet. Sounds like a French name, and it is, but he's English, Perronet. England Perronet was the son of an Anglican priest. His family was already uh, uh, familiar with trials and tribulations. His Protestant grandparents left Catholic France uh, because they were Protestant, and at that time, that was death sentence. They went to Switzerland and then off to the relative safety of England. Edward there followed his father's footsteps, became a vicar, and he became close friends with John and Charles Wesley, uh, who were also PKs, preacher kids. Uh, John and Charles, the founders of the Methodist movement, now, Edward, it was also not exactly, it, was, it wasn't as bad as France, but they still weren't exactly welcome in England at the time. Edward was exposed to his own trials and persecutions. He traveled with John and Charles Wesley. And uh, I got John's diary, a uh, copy of his diary in my office. And one of, one of the lines in his diary says this, uh, Edward Perronet, was thrown down and rolled in mud and mire. Stones were hurled and windows broken. Thankfully, if people don't like my sermons, they just leave. (laughs) We don't get thrown in mud. Windows don't get broken. That kind of thing. Uh, It was a different day and age back then. Uh, But he and the Wesleys, they kind of, they had their own issues as well. Um, John thought he was a great preacher, uh, thought Edward was a great preacher. Edward didn't see that in himself a whole lot. And there was one Sunday that John stood up in front of 4,000 people uh, who came to hear him preach in a field and said, today's sermon is going to be given by Edward. And Edward had no idea. And Edward got up and got up to the old rustic pulpit that they had there and, and said, today I'm going to preach the greatest sermon you'll ever hear. And he got out his Bible found Matthew, and found the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' sermon, and just read it, and then sat back down. And John never asked him to preach ever again. (laughs) 
and he wrote some hymns throughout the throughout the throughout these uh, these times, including how uh, uh, "All Hail the Power of Jesus" name. But he and John got into a fight. Uh, and it was it was about church and state. I'm going to see if I could dabble into some problems here. Church and state. The Methodists have always been uh, proponents of the separation of church and state. You know, we can talk about social issues, but we are not going to tell you who to vote for. We're not going to tell you what political party that you should belong to. Well, you're just wishy-washy. We're not wishy-washy. We are radically in the middle. Radically, right there. Uh, And even to this day, you will not hear us talk politics. Uh, there's people on this side that think I'm on that side, and there's people on that side that think I'm on this side. I'm not going to tell you what side I'm on. That's for another, that's not for here, right? And I hope you, uh, if you ever go to another church someday, far, long, like a long time from now, I hope you still kind of keep that, that idea of church and separate. Crowbar, put a crowbar in between them. There you go. Edward thought they should be married. The church should tell people who to vote for. And, and it got to a, a point where they, they, they split. And John was so upset that he took out Edward's hymns out of all the hymnals for the Methodists. Edward died 1792, a couple years after John Wesley. And it wasn't until like 20, 25 years later that the Methodists said, you know what? We should probably put some of the hymns back in. It's been long enough. It's been long enough. Let bygones be bygones. Let their fight be their fight. It won't be ours. So Edward, a life in conflict and strife and persecution and separation was the one who put pen to paper and wrote, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Not all the hell, uh, the power of Pastor Mike's name, or Methodist's name, or your favorite hero's name, but in Jesus' name. No matter who you are, it's Jesus who is king of our life. That one day, we might be all stand equal at the feet of the Lord. We might not all get along. We might not all think alike. We're not going to vote alike. Some of us are more passive. Some of us are more aggressive. Some of us have more faith than the person sitting next to you. But no matter your denomination or who you are, we still point to Christ. All hail the power of Jesus' name. No other name, as Philippians puts it. And some of these are small, so I'll read them. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Think Hades. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What can this song do? Just one quick story.
What's in a name? What's in a song? It can heal divisions. It could bring peace. It could bring wonder. And it could bring love. And the family of God said, Amen. As we come to the offering, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to this church. You make this place happen. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the ministries that it provides. Let us receive the offertory. closing song today is River of Life. I invite you to stand and sing together. Let that river of life wash it all away. Southern auctioneer kind of fuel toward in the middle. <laughs> I love it. Uh, 
Thank you to our team, our worship team. Thank you to the folk upstairs, to those who watched online, and, and to all of you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as you enjoy this day, that we know that there is beauty in this, in this earth. And you are part of that. Go in peace. Uh-huh.